Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, February 5th, 2023. Coming at you live from Florida Media in Rockville Center. A big, big, awesome show coming up for you tonight. Two great guests coming up. Patrick Johnson of the province and Vancouver Sun will be joining us, as well as Islanders alum and former Vancouver Canucks head coach Travis Green. Both, both joining the program to talk some Bo Horvat. Big trade here in Islander country. Going to be talking all about it tonight. With me tonight is Mr. Chris Bottom. My name is Sean Cuthbert. How are we doing, Chris? Sean, I like you. You like me, but I don't think you really care how, how I'm doing right now. We want to get right to the show. Let's be honest. Yeah, sure. I guess. I mean, I hope you're doing all right. I'm, I am doing well. Thank you for asking. And you, the family, <laughs> everybody's good. Everybody's great. All right, Thank let's you go. so much. <laughs> Here we go. I want to remind you all that we are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue, any size. And of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. Also proud to be sponsored by Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A, 2nd Street in Mineola, as well as Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village. More about them later. So, Chris, let's dive into it. Like you said, big trade in Islander country. Been looking forward to this show all week to talk about all the hubbub around Bo Horvat, the New York Islanders, and the Vancouver Canucks. So, right off the bat, Chris, what do you make of this deal? What I make of it is what's amazing is we waited it out. We played the long game. And now Bo is signed to an eight-year contract. Love the timing of that. Right? So like yes. if we had done a show on Wednesday <laughs> or Saturday, yeah. it might have gotten old. So this, yes. this worked out well. It is a day of celebration for Islander fans and the Islanders organization. This is an organization that has been on the other end of these kind of things from Ziggy Palfi to you can go through the list, right? Trevor Linden, Ryan Smith. Uh, I get it. There were reasons for everything. There were excuses for everything. There were dysfunction, including dysfunction that I lived and was a part of. And hey, yeah, sure. I maybe even contributed, <laughs> maybe even contributed to at times. But now that is over. The only way for that to change, to change that perception, though, was to actually do something. And it was a start, I thought, with the signing of Matthew Barzell. I don't want to underrate that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was extremely, extremely important and should not be forgotten today. The sure. other part of it was going out and getting somebody. And in this case, it's a player who was on an Islander-type team of, of lore, of dysfunction, and <laughs> they didn't want to sign him for the price that he had now earned. And the Islanders swooped in made a trade, which I thought was a reasonable trade. It was exactly what we thought would it would cost them. Sure. First round pick, Ratu plus. Ideally, money going the other way. So nobody could sit here and say, oh, I can't believe they did that, right? Like, we knew that <laughs> right. would be the price. Right. They paid the price in players. Today, they paid the price in money. We'll come back to that. Horvat didn't need to see the school system. He didn't need to see. He just got here. This deal was agreed to in principle, I'm sure, days ago. Today, he was able to sign it in person. This was the week to get it done, not around the trade deadline, not in the offseason, sweating that out. Um, the Islanders called their shots, did the right thing. This is a deal that goes 
that that is a good news for years to come. So uh, I applauded it, the move on Monday, and I applauded even more tonight on Sunday. What do you think, Sean Cuthbert? Chris, now that the announcement of the signing has been made today, I am a fan of the deal. I think there's still a lot that has to happen between now and I suppose as that deal um evolves mm-hmm. uh, we'll see exactly how great of a trade it may or may not have been but I think a lot of fans now in the country can rest a lot easier now knowing that Penn has been put to paper I think he got money that everybody was kind of around where everybody was kind of expecting if you're upset about a half a mil a mil here or there not so big of a deal and you talk about the timing of the deal so I'm curious there's there's some Islander fans that might be a little upset about that or concerned about it as far as this season goes was this a, a little too late for the Islanders here you know, the fact that it didn't come earlier, it didn't happen this summer, there was rumblings about JT Miller, and, you know, the, the wheels kind of started, you know, shaking, not completely off the wagon, but obviously January was a, a rough month. You look at this now, 30 games left in the season, they, they're on the outside looking in a, of a playoff spot. Is this something that's still all right timing-wise for the New York Islanders? It's, it's all right because, it, it, because now this long-term contract is done. Were the Islanders slow or did Lou Lamorello fail to get something done earlier with somebody yeah okay but takes two to dance i mean you can't make johnny gaudreau sign you can't make certain things happen i get that the one thing you can control though is make the trade for the player so a jt miller deal however close that was didn't get done this is the deal that got done I'm not, listen, they're only a couple points out of a playoff spot, so it's not like they're eight out and it seems desperate. I know there's other teams involved. I'm aware of the math and the percentages and all that. So this is this is when this particular deal could get done. I suspect mm-hmm. that Lamorello till Jim Rutherford, these are the pieces you are asking for. You've told me that you will take some money back in a Beauvillier or a Bailey type. It was probably the conversation. Uh, and I can understand why they'd go for Bo. Uh, you want our first round pick. I want it protected. If we don't, if it, if we don't, if you don't get it this year, it's unprotected next year. So that's potential gold for Vancouver mm-hmm. and you get our top prospect and, you know, sidebar here, let's be fair to R2 Ratu. This poor guy went from 10 days ago to, to he's gold. We're going to keep him. <laughs> lose crazy. <laughs> right. I'm afraid he's going to make some desperate move and trade Ratu mm-hmm. to now the predominant opinion out there is we didn't give up anything like you know, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I know you know, it's hilarious and that's not just three people on twitter <laughs> no so i just want to right. right okay let's right. level set there yes good luck to r2 yeah. good luck uh even more to beauvillier and to that first round pick you know we loved having you here we loved the idea of you we'll hang a banner for you someday so there's a <laughs> this is when the deal could get done the man lou lamorello famous for saying when you have time use it yeah he'd kind of used up as much time as he could another thing about this and this will be the first of nine times on this show i'll say and another thing sure. uh, yes guilty as charged i do that all the time it's okay okay we understand. If it took the Islanders not being good last year and not really being that good this year mm. for this to happen, mm. and I think that's, I think it did, right? Like, like certainly uh, had something know, to do with it. To the fans who who wonder if they have an impact, you don't have to wonder anymore. 
to the people who think that Lou Lamorello mm. doesn't care about public opinion or that Scott Malkin doesn't care about public opinion. We know John Ledecky, nice guy, cares about public opinion. You don't have to wonder about that anymore. Shit got done. Shit moved pretty quickly over these last two yeah. weeks yeah. when the Lou must go chance starts, when the team started the bottom out before those last two wins. Those things, none of these things are coincidences. So as for was it too late? Well, no, this was the time it could be done, and it is the right time. Well, I'm glad you brought up those two wins because I wanted to throw that out there. Now, a couple of weeks ago on this show, I had asked you, you know, when is it okay or what, what's going to happen if, if the Islanders kind of continue to flounder and they have an issue from here until the, uh, the All-Star break? And you said if they fell flat on their face that week, Right, and they maybe went one for four or whatever Three it was. Three points or less was the... Right, and then the vultures would start circling. Mm-hmm. So they how, got four points. How, right, so how much did those two wins factor into this decision being made? If they had have lost one, maybe both of those games, does this deal still get made? You know, it, you know, in PR, we train general managers and coaches to say that's a hypothetical question, uh-huh. so I can't... But it's a good one. And if they happen to lose both of those, if they got zero points out of eight instead of the four that they ended up getting, I think this trade, no matter what, is a really hard sell. Uh, it's also that many more points behind the playoff spot. So all all, wow. all fair, great points. Are those the two wins that got them Bo Horvat? I, I, you know, we can't answer that because we're not in Lou's head or Malkin's head, but, you know, I think it was a great chance a coaching change would have been made and a whole kind of reset for this organization. Those two wins, uh, you raise a great point, Sean. They, they definitely helped. It is amazing to think that this whole situation could have hinged on those two very games. It's possible. It's possible. All-star break. And, and also I want to say really briefly, uh, since, since we are the first to make fun of uh, things, well, especially that I say that maybe don't get right, um, or we all even talk about it on Twitter, you know, you said for a long time on this show that the Islanders were going to get Bo Horvath, and you didn't actually say it in a kidding way. We kid yeah. about it a lot. Right. Um, I'm pleased with the tone that this show presented a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I'm proud of it that it was like, no, you do not give up now. There could come a time for that, and so that tide has turned, has changed. Can I have? Could I have predicted that they would have gotten Bo Horvat last week and then signed him to an eight-year deal on Sunday? No, I can't. But this is why we do sports. This is why we have this show. This game on Monday night, and then the home game on Tuesday. I went on StubHub looking, see what's available. What can I get? <laughs> right. Stex and my friends. You want to go? I don't care. You know, usually I'm relying on my with the bmw to drive us i'm like i'll pay for parking you know like like um yeah it's like the i don't want to say i was gonna yeah i could say it's like the lowest level bmw you can get i don't want to be clear okay so it's a good deal it's like it's paying it's got the logo on the front that's all that matters exactly that's it i don't think he listened to show anyway (laughs) yeah it's the lowest form that you can get and it so it pays for the parking but the excitement now for these games, yeah, I'm not always the greatest fan of my sports teams, including this one. I, mm-hmm. I admit that. I love the business. I love the game. Sure. Um, I'm not always there. Life takes you a different direction sometimes. Yeah. You just need a, a break from it. I, I, there are times, as fans will know, I don't watch every minute. I get some things wrong. I don't know everything. But now, like, you know, I don't think it's a lecture. Chris. If you're if you're not watching, if you're not <laughs> counting the minutes to these games Monday and Tuesday for starters, right? 
This is exciting. This is great stuff. Chris, I'm never going to fault a fan for losing interest or holding on sure. to their hard-earned money when it comes to supporting their sports team if they're if they're floundering if they're if they're struggling listen it's that's your right buy the tickets when you want to go don't when they're when they're not giving you the the product on the ice you're expecting right but you can't deny like you said this is exciting whether you like the deal long term short term whatever it is it's exciting you want to see what this guy's going to do on the ice you want to see if he's going to gel with Matt Barzell you already saw him out there in practice today with him so they're giving that a shot that the whole dynamic's going to be interesting how's it going to affect the power play the penalty kill his faceoff percentages out there we all know how good he is on the faceoffs you have kind of a one two punch there now with JG Pajot so look there is definitely a lot of potential for this not only to be exciting to see a new number 14 on the New York Islanders but just to see how quickly he's going to gel acclimate himself to the team can they rattle off some wins and and what's really nice about this this schedule coming up when we hit what's on tap not the most challenging of games they could be for this week yeah. correct so this is an opportunity for to kind of piggyback off of those two feel-good wins heading into this whole situation and maybe go on a little run here where hey maybe they got a shot to make some noise there's also something to be said and the reason why i like this trade even before the contract was announced and 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 there was reason to be hopeful that lou lamorello knew he could get something done. Mm-hmm. I believe that Lou had a Jim Rutherford for, as we talked about um, the last time I did this show is kind of honest to a fault. He hurt himself with the Bruce Boudreaux stuff, but mm-hmm. he's a very well liked colleague mm-hmm. and he was public in saying that he wanted to keep Bo Horvat, but that Horvat had now outplayed what, you know, the deal that they mm-hmm. would have liked to have given sure. him sure. and they weren't there. So mm-hmm. he made no secret about it. So I would think that Lula Morello one had an idea of what Horvat was asking Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Uh, and then also in Pat Morris, not tampering to be clear, but right. in Pat Morris who works for an agency that goes back to Don me and that goes back to Pat LaFontaine in the eighties. These are two people in, in Pat and, and Don me who've been around a long, 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 long time, um, have done countless contracts with Lula Morello through the years. I, I suspect there was an idea of you know what it was going to take. And, uh, we could argue, some fans already started to argue with me, that, <laughs> that if it w- he went UFA, and by the way, signed with another team, would have been seven years to start, not the correct, eight that the correct. Islanders can give him. Mm-hmm. And would he have gotten even more than an eight and a half? I don't think so, but I'm not here to like draw the line in yeah. the sand and argue with people. But they just took care of business. They did mm-hmm. uh, what needed to be done. Question for you. Sure. When we look at, the history of Matthew Barzell, of which we are both unabashed fans of. Yes. Um, there has always been and continues to be this thing as to who fits with him. This happens with other athletes mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It's happened with players on the Outlander centers on the Outlanders for mm-hmm. years. Um, do you have uh, any thoughts, projections, and inkling <laughs> of what that now looks like? with Barzell going to the wing for Horvat, which based on the practice and everything that's been said, practice on Sunday mm. and everything that's been said is absolutely the plan out of the gate. Listen, I, I think it's I think it's a good move. I think I think you get Barzell off the center. Look, you're not going to have Matt Barzell taking faceoffs over Bo, Bo Horvat, right? And you can obviously have him do that and still have Barzell you know, basically take care of the center responsibilities defensively if they want him to. I'm curious to see how that's going to work. I think Horvat is ultimately going to get that. I don't see any problem or any issue with experimenting with Barzell 
kind of loosening that end of the game for him to just concentrate on being an offensive producer, a playmaker where he's dishing the puck to, to Horvat and whomever else might be on the other side of that line. I think it's just a question of how quickly they acclimate themselves. But again, this is the first time in a very long time. And our pal Stefan Rosner has, has gone out of his way to let us know how many line mates that, that the, about Barzell has had, you know, during this whole saga here. And it's been quite a few. So you'd like to think that, these guys are going to be attached at the hip, at least to start, to see how it works. It's a matter of how well they do. And, and you know, there's also some stats that have been rattled off about how Horvat's kind of a – he's very good at in front of the net, tipping pucks and whatnot, kind of like Anders Lee. A high percentage of his goals have, have actually been tippings and stuff like that. So we'll see how that works, and that might encourage a guy like Barzell to shoot a little more, which is something that I've been advocating for quite a while because, A, he has a good shot to begin with, and they might actually go in the net. You might not need Bo to tip him in. Right, but at least you have a guy like Horvat there that can either tip them in or put the rebound in, whatever the case may be. And you just hope that these guys can develop chemistry. But you absolutely attach them together. See how long you can ride it out. I'd be very disappointed if after a game or two, there's no goals and no points. It's like, all right, we got to switch it up. Like, keep these guys together. Give it a shot. I think it's going to work. It's just a matter of how long. Because look, this—it's not a perfect science, and it's not always going to be, you know, hat tricks and goals for everybody as, as soon as you get going, right? And and sometimes what happens is they 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 do have those first one or two games. Mm. Uh, it's happened with Barzell uh, in the past when they put Casey to the wing, and and then all of a sudden everybody's talking about you know why didn't they do this and this is great, and then mm. things tailed off a bit. Right. Um, I would say to Islanders country to just consider, and again, and I think everybody's used to this now is to. Put away, talk about putting away the noise, you know, like teams say that about media, right? Mm -hmm. But I think Islander fans are now learning or seeing, continuing to see more than ever in the social media age to put aside the, the comments. People just couldn't wait to again weigh in on this contract and, oh, what's going to happen here? And they value this. <laughs> right. And yet they never talk about like their own teams that they're close to or we know that certain writers are fans of or analysts who work for. Everybody's got something to say about the other team, right? right. Like it's just right. nobody has anything to say that's tough about their own team that goes for broadcasters mm -hmm. that goes michael rupp had some fun i love michael rupp on nhl network about toronto and matthews leaving like, <laughs> right. like you know, you know it, it, this is all fun yes. biz is is uh trolling islander fans a couple of days ago right. like yeah, right. yeah everybody say that the guy works for the coyotes the guy covers <laughs> the guy like come can you know say something like fun about them because there's plenty to joke about. Right. Point being is I don't know what's going to happen Monday or Tuesday. Obviously, none of us do. Right. But on the surface, there would seem to be a lot riding. They just had All-Star break. Mm. Whereas, uh, Horvat's with his family in Cal at, at Disneyland. He plays in the All-Star game. He shows up today. They have one practice. He signs a deal. He does a press conference. Tomorrow, they're going to have, a, I would think, they're going to have a morning skate. Um probably be even a little more involved than your typical morning skate. They're not going to mm. bag them at all, but they'll probably right. work on some systems and sure. things like that. And then they got a game to play. Yeah. And then the next night they got a game to play against a freaking nightmare of a team mm. in Seattle. Mm -hmm. You hope that Seattle's still a little recovering from those guys all going away wherever they went away last week. But I don't like, we don't know what's going to happen in these two games. It might not go that well. I don't know what it, it matters in this playoff race. Right. Big picture, mm -hmm. if it doesn't go splendidly, 
I would suggest that you not let it get you too down because they have this key player in his prime at a fair enough, as Lou said, the number is always too big. There's always too many years. So, you know, we said that today, right? Um, so, you know, enjoy this. Let's see what happens. I mean, it's just, it's, it's excitement. It's opening night all over again. Monday night against Philly. Yeah, it's almost like a mini 30-game season now for the yeah. Islanders, right? A little refresh here after the break. And, you know, you talk about what this could mean, you know, long-term. I mean, we can touch on that a little bit because that's part of the dissension, I suppose, from some Islander fans, right? Whether they love or hate the deal, they look at what this is going to mean for the franchise's future. Now, obviously, the contract today helps kind of dispel some concerns there because you know the guy's going to be around long-term. But also... I saw very little complaints today now that he signed. I think people were on board with you. I think you are the majority of opinion. Trade's good if they sign I them. agree, they sign them, and we're good. We did some very unofficial polling on the Hockey Night New York Twitter and Instagram accounts, and overwhelmingly, the people who chimed in were happy with the deal. There were some negatives, but mostly people enjoyed it. But but now that he's been signed, I think that helps. But but still, you look at this overall, and and it ties into everything with the franchise and the arena, and that. You look at last year, they kind of fell on their faces opening the building. They were looking for some success. They come off that great run, and they sell out season tickets. They have a bad year. They probably lost their fair share of season ticket holders last year, and they're in danger of having another playoff-less two-for-two here at UBS Arena. I'm sure that factored into these decisions when they when they decided to make a deal for Bo Horvat. And, you know, in doing so, they give up a first-round pick, whether it's this summer's or next summer's. They give up a promising young forward in Atu Ratu. We don't know yet what this team and whatever the core is determined to be is going to do in these coming years. But it kind of shows, I think, at the very least, that this team not only is about winning now this season, but in these forthcoming years where the, I think the word rebuild can kind of be thrown out of the, out the door for a little while, right? I mean, this is going to be, we got these guys, we're going to squeeze as much out of these guys, maybe some of the older guys as we can right now. And then if and when it's time to change some personnel, it's more of a retool than a rebuild. This team is kind of fully bought in now just because of how empty the cupboard really is after giving up Ratu in the first round. There. The reason why today is a day of celebration, in my view, View is that there's always been this question about are the Islanders a destination, right? What I would say is like today, you, you could say that the Islanders now have established themselves that they are a home for players, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. meaning players want to get paid, they want to be wanted, and they want resources, and they want good ownership. Mm -hmm. They know that coaches come and go. They know that even general managers come and go and their fellow players come and go. But they want to go to a place where the resources are there, where the owner spends the cap. Check, yes, UBS Arena uh, and the Islanders' other facilities. Check, yes, they go to the cap, right up against the cap perhaps. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but there's a willingness there. And by the way, that's the case with most teams. Mm. And they want to get paid. Horvat wasn't getting it. He had an opportunity to come here. The Islanders pounce. Um, we, we understand that. Um, this is this is quite the change, right? Yeah. We, we Was the arena ever going to make a difference? Well, here's the best way I could put it for you. And yes, little history lesson, right? Mm -hmm. The Ryan Smith thing was somewhat similar in that it was a team, as you pointed out to me, uh, the team was in a little bit better of a playoff standing mm -hmm. when they got Ryan Smith. Yes. But the question was to get him and try to sign him long-term. Right. When Ryan Smith, 
I, I, I defend him on this. I, I understand this. Sure. When he got on that plane and he was crying mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And by the way, Horvat did not want to leave Vancouver. He said right, it on the right, record. He means right. it. He is loved there. Uh, I, hopefully we'll get a taste of that from some of our guests later on tonight. But he, he saw himself being there forever, just like we have seen some Islanders wanting to be there forever. Brian Smith, once he got off that plane wherever, and I'm sure you know, we picked him up in a limo, but then he walked into Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum mm. in 2007. Right, right. And um, you would have to think, and we let him into this little room <laughs> that was like uh, I just uh, this mess. You couldn't you yeah. couldn't put Elton John when he would play concerts there. He would have them put move in couches and flower like it was basically wow. it was like done up to make it look like he wasn't playing in Nassau Coliseum. We didn't have that. Yeah. We didn't have that for Ryan Smith. Mm -hmm. And Ryan walked in, and I'm sure it was just like, hey, look, I'm going to give this team my best. I'm going to say Which do he did. the right things, mm -hmm. and. But that's probably going to be it. He did right. say he did say to me, "Hey, I like your you. We're not going to get too close because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be here." That wow. long. He said it good naturedly, wow. but I got it. But that's not a factor anymore, mm -hmm. right? Right. So um, they got it done. It's Horvat. Now it just comes down to does he wind up being really good for them, right? Is he somewhere in the middle between his season this year and his five really good ones before that? Um, how does he fit in? But that's all you, as a fan, as a customer, a ticket buyer, a consumer of this stuff, who's, who, for some people whose life it's a huge part of, right. you just want the things in place to feel like you have a chance, that you're up there. There's going to be some dick who's going to say, well, after all that, they're still not as good as the Rangers of Panarin and <laughs> this guy and the two young D. Great, congratulations, right? Just a, right. It's going to be what happens now with this team. Yeah, some of those veterans will age out and mm -hmm. they'll be replaced. Um, this is where we are now. They, the Islanders are in business. They're home uh, their destination and they have a chance now it might not manifest itself in these next six to eight weeks but you're going to be just as excited when next season starts which is going to be a little bit different mm -hmm. than if they just fizzled out and we went into this offseason all over again in the same position yeah let's see how these 30 games go but we have patrick johnson join us in just under 10 minutes so why don't we get to some segments real quick and uh, then we'll fire it up with him. Segments. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we go in to What's on Tap, Ed? You ready for that? We're in it. What's on Tap? It's time for What's on Tap. That's right, folks. You want to get into your, you, into no, your pitch no, 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 Okay, no. fair enough. You're just holding the card in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So What's on Tap? Starting tomorrow. We talked about it already. Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Tomorrow night, Horvat makes his debut, which is going to be big time, big time TV here for us on Long Island. So then after that, you have Seattle on Tuesday. That's going to be Bo Horvat's debut at UBS Arena. So I'm hoping that the building will be packed out for that. Then Thursday night, Vancouver comes into town. He gets to face his old team right away. Anthony Bovillier obviously coming back into the building. I don't know if Atu Ratu is going to be in the lineup for the Canucks. It doesn't look like looks it. Looks like he's starting in the minors, which we could probably we talked to Patrick Johnson about that. I think that was the right move for Vancouver in that specific market and where Ratu is in his career, in my opinion. Yes, for sure. And then at Montreal, Saturday for a matinee at 12.30. So big slate here, four games. I think a, a lot of chances here to pick up some points points for these New York Islanders, these uh, revamped New York Islanders with Bo Horvat. What say you, Chris Botta? A couple of thoughts is, you know, 
credit to the Flyers, Monday's opponent. This is not a, you know, sometimes I will wise acidly call something a scrimmage or a homecoming game. Mm. I might have a few weeks ago. The Flyers have started to get healthy, but even before they started to get healthy, guys have emerged. Uh, torts is doing the Torts thing, mm. and um, you know that 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 is that's a that's a pick'em game in all likelihood. Seattle's going to be tough. Here's a little suggestion for the Vancouver game. I'm not a coach. But you might want to put a body on Anthony Beauvillier of the Vancouver mm. Canucks because he's gonna be fucking flying. Yeah, he, he's and, gonna and be he's, for that and one. he's been a big game player. Yes, right. Yes. He hasn't been an every game player, mm. but he's been a big game player. And I'd be shocked if we don't notice him. And are we gonna see a uh, a re a re showing of the game six uh, overtime winner for Beauvillier? We're we gonna see a little tribute video that night. Uh, there'll be a tribute video, but I, you know, the sound won't be up for that game six thing, right? But you know, that that would not. <laughs> you, you, it's too soon, right? Like mm. it's a, they'll, it'll be a very appropriate thirty sixty second Beauvillier thing on Thursday. I okay. just I just don't think you go that big, right? Because you're the man who would know. That's why I asked. My my thinking is I don't think you go that crazy mm-hmm. about it because you got a game to play and sure. i don't know if we've mentioned but these games are really important yeah big time <laughs> and vancouver they kind of stink but <laughs> but you talk about a team they've officially gone into the mode as the islanders have been in mm-hmm. many times like they got nothing to lose so they might be a little bit dangerous on thursday yeah, going to be tough. And then Montreal on Saturday. I mean, obviously where, a team that's where is that game? That's in Montreal. Twelve thirty start. Hmm. Afternoon game. Yeah. Islander fans love the afternoon games. Oh uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, Twelve thirty, Montreal. Oh, yeah. real. I mean, Caulfield now down. I mean, that is a game. Even if they didn't have Bo Horvat, that they should win. But hey, Montreal played them tough. So, but it's a it's an easier week. Things get. They go back to playing the varsity full time after this, for the most part. Right, and let's play our little game that we have uh, recently. No. What's what's a successful week for the Islanders? Oh. Okay, now I mean that's the beauty of this, right? Everything is now changed. Mm-hmm. It's six points or more. Okay, or bust. Okay, that's not my prediction. Right, but that's just asking where, what's a successful I, week. Right, I mean, doesn't mean if they don't get it, it's the end of the world. But but the 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 expectations have changed. And considering the opponents, I think Seattle will be tough. I just so I just don't know how Seattle is going to come out of the break. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes a little while. I think it doesn't hurt the Islanders that they're playing the night before. In this case, in Philadelphia, easy ride home. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're the Islanders, six points or more has to be. You know, obviously in the room, the goal is eight. Um, but I would say six points or more, anything less, would be a disappointment. I would have to agree, and since we're up against the clock, let's go right into Hero of the Week, so cue it up, sir. That's right, folks, when you hear this song, it is time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Godfather, featuring Cappy Ham, Genoa Salami, Pepperoni, Provolone, Lettuce and Tomato, Oil and Vinegar on a Hero. Stop on in to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, Mention Hockey Night New York, and get half off the Godfather. With that said, Chris, who is your Hero of the Week? It's Bo Horvath for uh signing today really you know i mean <laughs> yeah he uh the islanders put their faith in him he's putting his faith in the islanders that's what you want in a player i uh, can't wait to see him play i don't have anything too deep to say i'm just 
If you're going with a hero, and the Islanders were looking for a hero, as the song I think said. I need a hero. There you go, something like that. The um, you need a, you know, Bo Horvat's the guy. I welcome think, Bo. Yes, welcome Bo I Horvat. Imagine there'll be a sandwich made for him if there hasn't been already. I'm sure Donnie is in the office thinking about it right now. As for my hero, I'm going with. There was a little event this past weekend. Don't know if anybody cared. I didn't until Bo Horvat got traded to the New York Islanders. But uh, Brock Nelson is my hero for winning the shooting accuracy competition. Bravo, Brock Nelson. Uh, good stuff. I will tell you this. I don't know if I'll be watching a, a All-Star weekend anytime soon after this past one because uh, it was, as far as I'm concerned, it was it was borderline disaster. I did not enjoy it. The skills competition, it was, it was very cringeworthy. And uh, I do appreciate the effort that the league and ESPN is making to try to make it more entertaining and do things different. But at the end of the day, um, they got a lot of work to do. The, the, the takeaway image for Islanders country from All-Star Weekend is a Western Conference jersey with the Islander logo on it. I think that's going to be a much sought yes, after. Absolutely. Thing. I read this. Yes, please. Our friends at the Main break. Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play, food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game for you, from old favorites to the hottest new releases. They have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens, unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? They got the Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Game Night Live communities are welcoming for all. This is a great place, folks. They do parties, corporate events. They're located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. 307 in Main Street, Huntington Village. Go to what? MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. You got it. MainSTBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. There you have it, folks. Now we're going to take one quick break when we come back. Patrick Johnson will be joining us to talk about the big trade of Bo Horvat coming to the New York Islanders. We'll be right back. Hey, Islander fans. You already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Iceland. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. And welcome back. We wanted to get the voice, a voice from Vancouver. One of the leading voices is Patrick Johnson, the Canucks reporter for the province and the Vancouver Sun, to get his take. Patrick, Chris Body here with Sean Cuthbert. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Great to be here. Thanks, Patrick. First question since the news broke today. 
Bo Horvat signed. I was wondering, were you surprised that he signed so soon? And your thoughts on the deal, which has been reported at eight years, 8.5 mil per. I was, I was laughing a little bit, Chris. I was like, did, did, did Chris know something when he texted this morning? <laughs> early, early, early? Anyway, um, mm-hmm. you know what? This, I would say very much, I think the reaction here, and I think rightly so, is that in the end, Bo Horvat won. You know, this was a... This was, a, I think, in line with the number he was after in Vancouver. Certainly once he saw J.T. Miller sign for uh, a seven-year deal at eight per season, uh, I think most people's instinct was that, you know, this was a number that he was probably going to be after, something in that, in that range. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, um, you know, whether whether he was <laughs> – maybe I was, I was never – Quite 100 sure if maybe necessarily just sign in Long Island, but certainly Lou Lamarello is not going to trade for a guy and not be able to sign him. I, that that seems like a, a crazy scenario. Certainly from my perspective, Pat Morris, you know, the Bo's agent has been at this a long time. He knows Lou well. Um, I, I don't think this number would have been surprised, even if Lou thought it's too much money. Uh, I don't think it's a number that would have caught him out of the blue. That's for sure. What, what would you tell the fans of Long Island, almost separate from what they gave up to get him or the cost, uh, but you've written a lot about Bo, not just in the last week, yeah. but through his career. You've followed him. You've seen him play more games than probably anybody listening or watching right now yeah. combined, possibly. What would you say to the fans in terms of what, is, what are the Islanders getting in Bo Horvat? I think the biggest thing to understand about him, I and mean, when we talk about these are good character guys, you know, that, that's what's a thing we say about so many players. But the thing to understand about him is he's a guy who really under, you know, tried to understand what he does well and what he doesn't do well and then went and big tried to figure out how to be better at that. So, you know, last last year, a year and a half ago, started working with Adam Oates and Adam taught him a few things. He said, Bo, you know, you, you're a good skater, which, by the way, in the backstory is incredible. Bo came into the NHL with question marks about his skating, figured that out. He's a very strong, powerful skater. You know, Oates said, listen, you can, you can score goals off the rush. Here's how you're going to do it. And that was something he added to his game this year. He's become this incredible shooter off the rush. But that's not the only part of the story. He also started to learn about how to face. And, you know, he, he's, in fact, the leading, if I'm not mistaken, he's leading guy to score off tipped shots from the point in the whole league um and that was that was the story about his role on the power play a guy that was playing in that in that bumper spot in the middle of the ice and who, who will separate himself from defenders in the slot and, and put himself in a position to tip pucks home you know that is the skill that he added to his his arsenal in the last season or two um he he's a guy that is forever looking forward he's trying to figure out how to be better at who he is and, and you know it's not often that a player becomes better in his late 20s um he's a guy that's that guy and uh that's, that's you know that's sort of everything i think you want in a player he's got the right attitude he's very much in the sort of henry Dean mold of leadership you know it's something he talked about a lot was that uh you know a thing he learned from henrik was not so much about you know i think i think we all know the raw raw kind of isn't really the way to go anymore necessarily all the time but your presence the way you conduct yourself the way you show up early leave late you know he is that kind of guy and uh, you know the islanders absolutely true you know this, this is a player who's going to show up and be just by his presence and then he can get it done um 
he's having a career season. But but if you add up all the factors behind it, it's a career season that has not come out of the blue that has not been a surprise. Hey, Patrick, Sean here. Really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, also appreciate your uh, profile picture on Twitter with the banana. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So obviously <laughs> there's... Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of excitement here in Islander country with Bo Horvat coming over. What would you say is the biggest strength that he's bringing to this team that Islander fans can get excited about? I, I would say you know he's not a perfect defensive player. Um, that has always been kind of a surprising play, uh, thing about him to understand. But you know he is one of the leading centermen in the NHL. Um, his understanding of the offensive zone, how to score goals, uh, those, those are his two. Their strongest obvious attribute. Um, it, it, you know, I think maybe with a different group of coaches, he can become an elite penalty killer, elite defender. There's no reason to think he can. He thinks the game the right way. But he, he's a guy that is never going to let you down. He's going to be there every night. He's going to work hard. He's going to put it on. Um, he is just a guy that is going to, you know, you're going to walk away thinking, man, that guy worked hard. He did what he could. He gave it all that night. He made, tried to make stuff happen. You know, it's, it's that kind of guy, exactly what he wants, you know, some sort of a second-line center. Um, a guy that's going to make you think, you know, at the end of the night, well, at least, you know, at the very least, I know he was there. I knew he played the game. Sounds good to me, Patrick. And, you know, there's obviously been a lot of a lot of things going on over in Vancouver this year. What uh, Have you gotten a <laughs> sense, yeah, have you gotten a sense of the fan reaction over there to this trade and what it means for the Canucks organization going forward? I would say, you know, I think people are, you know, inevitably disappointed that, you know, what was a guy that was, you know, was, was going to sort of be the future, you know, and then the future arrived and the future wasn't good enough. And that wasn't his fault. Uh, there's so much that's gone on behind the scenes. There's been so much sort of frustration with, um, you know, I, I, for a long time, it was Ray Ferraro called it the no plan plan. That's, you know, Jim Benning era, which is trying to throw stuff against the wall and see what happens. You know, hope is not a plan. They kept hoping things would work out. And Horvat, you know, played hard through all of that, tried to do his best. I think on the whole, in the end, people are, are um, I would say, not surprised that he's gone. Um, and and also, I, I think hopeful that he's going to find what he deserves, which is to play a lot more playoff games. Now, of course, you know, the Islanders have some work to do to do that. Yeah. But, you know, the feeling is is that this is a guy that deserves I mean, he showed up so well for the Canucks in 2020 in that playoff run in, in the bubble. Um, you know, it was an incredible, uh, incredible influence for him, positive influence. did so much for him. And I think people wanted to see more from that. So, that, you know, it's a lot of complicated feelings in that. In, that. in the end, I think people are sad that that didn't happen more here. They didn't get to see that more, but they almost feel like he's free. And he's got his, you know, he's going to have his chance to try to make it happen somewhere else. Patrick, I, I think it would have been so easy and maybe even understandable from a PR perspective, especially for the Canucks to take their the shiniest of their new toys in the Islanders' top prospect, Atu Ratu, is a very good prospect, and put him yeah, right into yeah, the yeah. Canucks lineup as if yeah. to say, hey, here's a, here's our kid, here's our new kid, enjoy him. Uh, but they've sent him yeah. to the minors, last I heard, for starters. Uh, I was yeah, wondering yeah, if yeah. you had any sense of what their plans are in the immediate future and their thinking behind it well things have been sort of so sour this year on the whole mm-hmm. they, they have some results and of course it was the kind of you know the ridiculous way they ended up shooting the the, the Grudo, uh, situation whether that was because ownership wouldn't let management get rid of them um 
but one way or another, management left a bad taste in mouth and how they handled Boudreaux. But they also made a conscious decision to to really focus in on the AHL team in Abbotsford, which is just outside Vancouver, uh, and, and really dial in on making that a good experience for those guys. Um, to the point where, you know, they, they sent a few guys. I mean, the, the Silicon Colt is now on the road trip and will be at play this week in Long Island. But, you know, he was sent down to, you know, he was lacking so much confidence during the year. He hadn't scored. He had a really good finish the last year, but, but just couldn't find his way. You know, they sent him back down there just to let him play. They sent Niels Hoaglander down there just to let him play. Um, they sent Niels Almond down there just to let him play. Um, and, and with the sense of, you know, there, there's, a, there's something good happening down there. There's not a lot good happening up here. Let's get the kids down there, give them a chance to percolate a little bit, you know, just have some fun um, and work on their game and improve the sort of details in their game that they know that they're going to need to have success with in the NHL. And that's definitely their plan with Ratu and sending him to the AHL. I mean, they've got Jeremy Colleton, who was the coach in Chicago. You know, he, he knows what the NHL is like, um, you know, as a player and as a coach. And, uh, you know, so they, they they're really dialed in on trying to figure all the kind of all the details out. Um, you know, obviously there are questions already about y'all have. We know that he's got to work on his skating and improve on his skating, and I think that's certainly going to be a big focus, certainly through the end of the season and then through the summer into next year. But he's a guy they're very excited about. And you know, you look in the long run, they're going to need. You know, they've traded away one of their top centers. Um, there's a gap to fill there now. If the club seems to think that DC Miller can be a center in the long run, I think most of us on the outside think think that uh, think that being a, a winger is best suited for Miller's future. And you know that that's something, but that is something that Rock is going to have to prove. You know, he can't just show up. There's nothing's going to be handed. It's not like it's a super deep team, but the perfect role for him is one that he's going to have to win. He's going to have to earn. Um, that that's sort of where things are at. I think people are looking to see, you know, that he's able to. I think everyone knows he's got the shot. He's got he's got sort of the offensive mind, but can he you know pick up the pace skating wise? And can he read the game at the pace you need to play to be that effective second line center that they hope he's going to be? Yeah, for sure, Patrick. And I and I think Atu Ratu is going to be a player that that may end up having Islander fans groaning at least a little bit when he develops right. over there in Vancouver. And uh, last one for me before we let you go. You talk about everything that Horvat brings to the table for this New York Islanders team, and they obviously they signed him to the contract today. Do you think? Yeah. that the Islanders got good value in this number that came out today as far as his eight-year deal, the eight-and-a-half mil. You think that's uh, that's going to be something that Islander fans and, and perhaps the Islanders are going to be happy about with that number? I, I think there's a good – it's a better bet, I would say, than C.C. Miller was. I think there's a lot of flags around Miller's sort of longevity. And none of these contracts, I think, at the tail end really play out. You know, but you look right. at, say, a guy like Milan who was able – you know, Milan Lucic is coming to the end of the, the contract tonight, right? He he had to evolve himself as a player. For a while, it looked like it was going to be a complete disaster to tail end, but he's become this effective checking forward. Now, is that what you should be paying for an effective checking forward? No. Um, but I, I do think, you know, certainly at the front end, Horvat, like I said, he's working so hard to make himself a better player. Um, he is exactly what he is. He's a guy that's figured out a shot. He's figured out how to become an effective you know, presence in the middle of the ice on the power play. He is going to make the Islanders power play better. Um, and that's a huge thing. And, and, you know, given how important special teams can be, well, that's a huge thing. Um, defensively, you know, I think he's better than he's been given credit for in recent seasons, but certainly there's a lot of evidence in the background that, you know, tells us that that was a flaw in his game. 
So, you know, can he keep scoring? Yes. I don't know if he's ever going to be a 50 goal. If he's jumping on pace, he'll score 50 goals. Kind of out of the blue. I don't think anybody ever thought him to be a 50 goal scorer, but I think he can be a consistent 30, 35 goal scorer for the next kind of three or four seasons. The question then becomes on the tail, what value do you get of him? Where are the Islanders at? You know, it's one of those relative terms, right? If, if they are battling, if they're kind of pushing towards contender status, a guy like him uh, is a guy that, that, you know, you don't mind having on your roster. You can take a little more than, than you want. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, I think, he'll, like I said, he'll be, I think it's going to be a very good player for them in the first half of that contract. But as is true with all these kinds of deals, as he moves into his 30s, the question then becomes how long can he keep himself as, an, at the very least, an effective NHL player. Absolutely, Patrick. I think Islander fans are going to welcome those 30 to 35 goals if it works out that way. Absolute <laughs> pleasure having you on tonight, and have a great rest of your night. Thank you. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Thank Thanks you, Patrick. Me. Really appreciate it. All right, folks, that was Patrick Johnson of the Vancouver Sun and the province over there in Vancouver. Folks, want to thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY and your favorite podcast providers later on. Hope you're having fun here on Twitch. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, former Islander, former Vancouver Canucks head coach who coached Bo Horvat will be joining us. One more break. We'll be right back. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu, you can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. And for all of Long Island's hockey fans, Lost Farmer created the delicious Stable Shaker American Lager to celebrate the newly built UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Whether you're at the stable for a hockey game, concert, or a comedy show, you can find Stable Shaker by can and draft around the arena. So raise a cup to the next cup with Lost Farmer Brewery, the future of Long Island craft beer. there welcome back we missed you too now kick up your feet and settle back in to hockey night in new york we are really proud to be joined by the former islander the former canucks head coach coach pro horvat for five years including some games in the minors i believe and that's travis green greeny i can't thank you enough for finding some time on this sunday night away from family uh to talk to Islander fans. Thank you, Travis. How you doing, bud? Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, not a problem. Thank you at all. It is great to hear from you. As as a former Islander center and fan favorite, what would you say to Islander fans about the new Islander center and soon to be fan favorite Bo Horvat? Who, by the way, I don't even know. It's possible you might not know, but he signed for eight years today with the club. What are the Islanders yep. getting? in Bo Horvat? I mean, that's a, that's a great question. It's not a, a, I, I feel like I could go on and talk about it for a long Please time. Please do. Please do. Um, yeah. Uh, you're getting a really good hockey player. He's a young man that's really coming into his own. Said it for a while in Vancouver. Bo seems to get better every season. I don't think he's even maxed out yet as the player. 
like the best version of Bo Horvat than he's going to be. I think he's close, obviously, maturing into a player that, you know, I think we always envisioned him to be, a guy that can really do anything that you ask him to do on the ice. I think the great part about Bo Horvat, though, is he's, he's an exceptional, even a better person off the ice. Uh, he's a fantastic individual. He was a joy to coach. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that, you know, anytime a player signs a new contract, you're happy for them, and they're getting a great player and a, and a great person. Hey, Travis, how's it going? Sean here. Really appreciate you coming on with hey, us tonight. Sean. So a lot's been said about Bo Horvat as a, as a captain of the Vancouver Canucks, the leadership that he brings for the team. As somebody who had, obviously, a very direct relationship with him with regards to that, maybe you can speak on the leadership and that captain material that he brought to the team. Well, you, you know, when you, whenever you make a captain at such a young age, a young, a young man, uh, and name him captain, you know, there's a lot of expectations to be put on a, on a player in a Canadian market. You know, there's a lot of pressure. And I, I think he leads by example. He obviously watched Hank and Daniel Sedin for the first, I, I think it's three years of his career or four years of his career. Uh, learned a lot from a lot of different captains over the years. As a junior, he was a captain himself. But he didn't step in and, and just try to be something that he wasn't. I think he's grown into a great captain. And he's going to bring a lot of great leadership qualities to the New York Islanders. There's been no secret about the fact that he's going to be the center and that Matthew Barzal is going to move to the wing for him and they have Brock Nelson and others behind him. Any thoughts uh, based on your experience with him and guys you had Bo play with? Uh, you know, Barzal is a fascinating, uh, uniquely talented player with that speed and shift. Yeah, he, sure he hasn't always, yeah. uh, players have not always found it easy, not to, not for lack of trying or, or on everybody's side, to blend with him. Any thoughts on how a pairing between those two might work and maybe how it relates to other players he played with under you? Well, I, I just think that Bo is a kind of centerman that can play with anyone. You know, in, in Vancouver, we played Bo in a, in a heavy, hard, heavy matchup a lot of most of his time there. Uh, he grew into that where he played against top players in the league. I don't know if he's, no disrespect to any other players, but I don't know if he's played with a player of, of Barzell's skill and that kind of speed and skill with him as a line mate. He's never played with Patterson. Uh, he didn't really play with Miller a whole lot, and, and Miller's a very skilled player as well. It should be a good fit for me when I look at it. Bo has really developed into a guy that can score, power forward. He's strong on puck. When you look at the two of them playing together, you can't help but think that it's going to be a, a good matchup. You mentioned it earlier, Travis, about his, how um, he's kind of a self-made, continuing great player. That's been a theme that I've heard over the last day or so, never said better than, than you said it. I was wondering if you could just, from your time with him, and you had him for about five games in Utica too, is that right? Yeah. 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 Can you give yeah, us just a little bit in the fans, a little bit of an inside window as to maybe a specific or even a general example of that, whether that be extra time on the ice, uh, extra time shooting? Uh, well, he's, a, he's just a very dedicated player. Uh, he, he's a true pro, very mature when he came into the league, had a strong understanding of, what it took to become better. I think a lot of times you get young players and I've seen it a lot where maybe they're not quite prepared or understand the, the level of, of dedication that it takes to become better in the league and, and become the best player that you can possibly be. And that was one of the great things about Bo. He, he knew the work that needed to be put in and not only did he know it, 
he uh, he was willing to do it. You know, you uh, as a coach, you walk around the room and you know the guys that are doing extra are making sure they're taking care of themselves to to be prepared to play. And a lot of that starts just at the first day of training camp when guys show up. You can really tell who's put the work in over the summer. And Bo was always one of those guys and he prides himself as being a player that others could look up to in that capacity. And then last one for me on Bo Travis is. Yonder's he's not walking into like the ultimate pressure of the playoffs, but in a way they have a unique situation here. He just comes back from all-star. He signs this big deal. You've played here. You know, it's like in New York too, by the way, in, in, yeah. in Vancouver and other markets, he played in Toronto. Um, and they play in Philly on Monday and home to Seattle on Tuesday. I would think for an, the average person, this might, you might have some, um, Oh, some butterflies, some excitements, maybe even some nerves about it. Any uh, insight that you could provide? Because we just don't know, Bo. Um, <laughs> any insight you could provide into kind of his mental makeup and how he might approach this situation that he's walking into? Well, I believe Bo is going to, like any player, whenever you get traded, it doesn't really matter who you are. You're going to be a little bit nervous. You're going to want to show the team that, you know, they made a good trade, that you're going to be a good player for. Now, obviously, he has signed a long-term deal. But knowing Bo, he's going to want to perform to his highest ability. It's not going to affect him in a negative way. Bo understands what he is as a player now, and I believe you'll get the best of him right away. Travis, when you were coaching Bo, was there was there anything particular about his game that uh, you might have appreciated as a coach that maybe the casual observer or the casual fan might miss, but just something about his game where, you know, you know, was something you relied upon him to put him out on the ice that maybe you can share with Islander fans? I mean, there's lots of lots of parts of his game that you really like as a coach. And, you know, you can start with before the puck even drops. He's, he's great on face-off, takes a lot of pride in it. He's a real strong player. You get into puck battles or, or protecting the puck, he's built. He's got a low gravity and he can protect the puck. And his strength with the puck going through the neutral zone and his speed is probably higher than people know that haven't played with him just his overall commitment to, to winning really and, and those are things he talk about uh, all coaches talk about and being a, a former captain now he, he understands that and he'll bring and that's the part that he'll bring to the, to the islanders as well that all sounds good to me and speaking of the islanders that is a team that you did play for way back when and i remember watching yeah. playing some puck with ziggy palfi and and all those guys so if we can swing it over there for a little bit maybe you can just tell us a little bit about the experience playing for the isles you obviously played during the fisherman era there's a very famous picture of yourself and darius kasparitis who we we recently <laughs> talked to about that yeah maybe you could just talk a little bit about your time here uh, on the island and, and playing with the new york islanders yeah you know it seems like uh, a long time ago uh, <laughs> but you know whenever you talk to guys that have been in the league for a long time that, that first place that you start is always dear to your heart and, and the New York Islanders will always be that team for me. Got a lot of great memories from playing there. You know, when I was, I was a young boy or felt like I was young at the time, 18, when I was drafted by the Islanders and was fortunate enough to be with them for, man, I, I don't know, exact seven, eight, nine years. You know, I just can't say enough good things. Uh, they'll always be close to my heart. You know, I started with that team and got a lot of fond memories of playing there. A lot of great people, a lot of great friends. What impact did Al Arbor have on your coaching career? Yeah, tons. You know, I've talked a lot about it over over the years, different coaching seminars, just talking about Al. And you know, I talk about empathy when it comes to coaching. And I think a lot the great coaches have that quality within them, and they're not afraid to show it once in a while. And when you think of Al Arbor, you know, I think people think of this this presence of a man 
and a strong presence in the room, which he was. But also Al cared for his players, and the guys always knew it. And, you know, sometimes he showed it in different ways. You know, I think that's one of the things that I really, I look back, and if I had to learn something from Al, that was probably one of the biggest things. One of the things that the fans will never forget about you is the kid line that you were part of. And I was thinking about this today, but like on the surface, I don't know. And yes, it was 30 years ago. Um, I yeah. don't know if it was like a an easy, like, I don't know if you, Brad Delgarno and Marty McGinnis, I know you came close friends with Marty, were like an obvious fit. Do you have any recollection of how the mad scientists wound up putting you together, the three of you together? You know what? I, I don't, but I, <laughs> I, I do thoroughly, did thoroughly enjoy playing with both those guys. They became good friends of mine for a long time. And you know, we had a lot of fun. I, I look at my years in, in New York and, you know, it was almost different. Every season had its own different kind of memory with it. Right from being a rookie, being around Pat Flatley, Glenn Healy, Ray Ferrero, Steve Thomas. Uh, I can go on, Benoit Hogue, Mick Dakota, Richie Pilon, all these guys, Huey Krupp, and I'm probably for missing out on a few. And, and then, you know, I learned a lot from all those players. They might not have thought so at the time, but I know looking back, and I had stated it before, like, you know, young players, are they're not always the same as, as when they're older players. And, and I look back, and I know at the time I was maybe a little cocky when I was younger, but I, I did learn a lot from those players and really helped me to become probably the best player I, I could have been later in my career and helped me to stay in the league as well, just being around those kind of guys. For sure, Travis. And, and I've asked this question uh, of a lot of the alumni that we've had on the show this past season. And, and I always, I'm always curious, uh, is there any one game, goal, instance, moment in your time playing for the New York Islanders that particularly sticks out for you that maybe you always just look, look back on finally and say, man, that was, that was just a great uh, moment or, or game or series to be a part of? Yeah, you know, my rookie year, you know, it's hard not to think back of the, of the uh, goal, goal against Pittsburgh. You know, after Pitt had won two Stanley Cups, I was hurt for, for that game. I couldn't be with the team. I, but just, wa- you know, watching our team win that game, uh, that, that probably goal stands out the most. You know, anytime you win or win a series or win a playoff round, that, you know, those are the kind of things that you remember. Two quickies, Brian, and I'll let you go, okay? Uh, one, and and it may be a blur to you, like the putting together of the kid line, <laughs> but it's something that we're asked all the time. I know it was all Ziggy, but any idea of what he was thinking of when he embraced you after no. all that time? Uh, that was that was just <laughs> Ziggy being Ziggy. I look back. You know, I laughed about it then, and I still do. You know, I, that's the one thing about Ziggy. He could be a flamboyant guy. He was he was very shy with the media, but he was he really was a funny guy and a, and a good guy to be around in the locker room and that. Uniquely skilled player, right? How would you describe him? Yeah, oh, was he ever? He was yeah one of the more skilled players that I've played with in my career. I was fortunate to play with a lot of really good hockey players, and you know, he'd be one of those guys that you talk about when it comes to high-end skill. And lastly, I know when he was first traded, I heard that uh, you would exchange a, a text with Bo Horvat as, as an Islander, former Islander, who knew how loud the old barn could get if Bo was to ask you, uh, what would you say to Bo Horvat about the Islander fans he's now going to start playing in front of? How would yeah, you describe you know, it? just a great fan base. I got to witness it firsthand when we played in the playoffs when I was a player. I got to witness it as a player as well, playing against the New York Islanders when mm-hmm. we played them when I was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and you want to talk about, you know, that series was, was rough and tough and, and intense. And, uh, you know, coming in there as a visiting team, the crowd, they were 
they were loud. They were into it as loud as I've ever heard any building. And, you know, it didn't surprise me. I, I know the passion in that city for hockey. You know, I think there's only certain cities that rival that passion a lot like a Canadian city and, and New York and the, the Islander fans are definitely uh, one of them. Well, Travis, absolutely outstanding stuff. A really great time having you on. I really appreciate your time. So thanks again and uh, have a great rest of your night. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoy. Really indebted. Can't thank you enough, Greeny. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks guys. A lot, yeah, All right, folks, that was the great Travis Green, former New York Islander, former Vancouver Canucks head coach, and uh, great stuff from him and from Patrick. Uh, they were both great. Uh, Travis uh, blew me away. He's a, a quiet guy, understated guy. You can tell he's got that coach in him, you know, more of a lane type. Uh, but his, the insights were very specific. Yes. And they both said that this, if the takeaway from this show, I think if uh, any journalists hear this, and I suspect they will, mm. especially in Vancouver, headline will be green colon. Uh, he's never played with anybody as good as as Barzal. <laughs> right. By the way, if you're an Islander writer, a little you might want to fire. <laughs> and by the way, that's not a, a you know he did say there wasn't a shot, and he is sure, right. Of course, I mean you could say that Barzal might be more talented than just about anybody, right? So like, like so uh, he didn't mean it in any sure, way that sure. he loves those guys. Um, but the other big takeaway from the makeup, the approach, it was this notion, and Johnson said it too, the writer that Horvath's continuing to get better. Yeah, you love to hear that. he gets better each year and that he works at it. Yes. And that is, that's not a cliche. That is, right. that, you don't hear people say that about a lot of players in this league. Mm. It was like the first thing that came to mind to both of them, this idea that he keeps on working at it and it culminated in this year. If you're an Islander fan, if you're Lane, if you're Lou, those are magical words. Yes. Not necessarily that he's going to, okay, get 60, 70, but the right. fact that this is a guy who works really, really hard at this craft. I get it. Most of them do. But to have it singled out, uh, mentioned like that by both a writer and his coach of five-plus right. years, that was that really stood out for me. And, and before we hop into questions brewing, I mean, just to kind of tie this all into a bow, no pun intended. Ah, it was very convenient. How do you spell that? <laughs> it depends. But, uh, you know... And part of the reason why, and look, this was a total shot in the dark back when we did those predictions at the beginning of the year, and I claimed that Bo Horvat was going to end up an Islander. But there is a reason. There is a reason. And, and, and it speaks to what we just heard in these interviews, is that I always felt that Bo Horvat was just like a very Lou Lamarillo, New York Islander type of player. The two-way game, the, the hard work and all that. And I figured if there was anybody that Lou was going to make a splash with, it was a guy like Bo. And that's why I threw his name in there. And it's, and it's nice to hear that, you know, getting these things confirmed by, by these gentlemen, you know, in the interviews, you look at the guys that they've picked up, J.G. Paget, Kyle Palmer. There is a bit of a trend there, right? These guys have that hard work ethic reputation. And this is just another guy who has that, but he can score some more goals. Right, he can he can help out a little bit more in the offense, and I think that's always been kind of a part of this Islanders' identity. And I know that's to the chagrin of of some fans out there because they want that pure, talented sniping winger that puts up you know forty goals and twenty assists, but he's always finishing, he's always putting the goal in the net. Two other things that Travis said, and, and let's I know sometimes fans are quick to say, "Well, what's he going to say?" Well, no, he's got no stone. <laughs> he was fired by the Canucks. He's not the right. Canucks coach anymore. He's not an analyst. He he's volunteering information. Two things he said. He thought Horvat could center anyone. Mm-hmm. And when I asked kind of about his mental approach, like you know, it might take him a little while. He said, "No, he's going to be ready from the start." That's good shit. 
<laughs> well said. If I couldn't have put it any fan, better. That is good shit. <laughs> it is good shit. Yeah. For sure. Well, with that, Ed, Jay, how are we doing over there, pals? How are we doing? We're doing good. We're going right into it's questions time brewing for here. Questions brewing. Yes, we are. Brought yeah. to you by Lost. No, I was a little guy. nervous because uh, we had a little dropper by in the chat. Is uh, that right? Kind of made me nervous. Uh-oh. Uh, Mikey on the couch himself. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bryan, really? You know, a celebrity of that caliber. Wow. In, in the chat. Took the time out on his Sunday. Took the time out. Wow. I couldn't That's believe impressive. it. Should okay. we say who's the. He dropped us a question. You know, he, he was involved. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's here now. He, he, <laughs> he just dropped the question he, left. He might have okay. just dropped the I'll question. I'll hang up and left. listen. All right, uh, fair enough. But uh, actually, an interesting question. Uh, you know, Tom Boyle asked a simple question. How does one subscribe to the channel? How does one subscribe to the channel? Oh, yeah, through so Prime. you can do that here through Prime? Yes, you do that through Prime on, on Twitch and Amazon. And uh, if you want to watch the archives, just go to YouTube. Go to our page on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at Hockey Night NY, and then you just click the little subscribe button. You can also click notifications so that whenever we post something on on the site, you always get reminded and you can uh, watch away. So there you go. And, of course, if you're a listener, you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever your favorite provider is, go to our page there, click the little subscribe button, and then you will never miss a show. There you go. And uh, we'll go into another question from Tom that he asked earlier on in the show. Do you see the Isles going to battle with this lineup, or is Lou going to make other moves? I think that's a great question. And I think that there's a lot of speculation around that, especially with the 25% that the Vancouver Canucks took on in this deal, which allows for a little more wiggle room for for Lou to, to swing a deal if he sees fit. I think... You, you wonder, is he going to add to the D if he's looking to add? Is he going to add another forward, perhaps? There has been arguments made I've seen in the Twitterverse of people saying, hey, they could still use some more firepower, which is all well and good. And I'm, I'm, I'm for adding another sniper in there if you can do it, another guy who can add some goals, maybe a depth guy, whatever it is. My question is, what else do they have to give up <laughs> to, just... to, to get whatever that might be? So if he can... Figure out how to do some cartwheels and, and, and make that happen. Let's do it, but I'm just not sure where it comes from. You, you pretty much said it all. Uh, when the deal was announced and everybody saw the math, it was like, oh, wow, this doesn't hurt their – they made this big move and it doesn't hurt their ability to do something else. And then I think everybody thought, <laughs> as we did, and you just mentioned, it's like, okay, but what would that trade look like? So yeah. like, in all seriousness now, right, to get a quality player, not a depth player, right? I, I'm not even sure what, would, what that would look like. Right, right. And with- never mind the money, even if you're getting somebody again, you know, in this case would be like maybe a true rental or I, I don't. Which I, Lou apparently doesn't believe in. According to some quotes out there. Uh, well, uh, well, um, <laughs> okay. Um, I would ask Lou, who has a lot of rules, um, mm. fine, to consider learning how to pronounce Ratu and Anthony Bovillier's name. You know, oh, you, wow. You know, if you saw wow. the clip, but he pronounced it badly than, than I ever could or my or Mad Dog Russo ever could. And, you know, so just something to consider. Okay. Um, we've praised enough. We could, I could make a little comment, right? Like, let's know, know your players, even if they're your former players now. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, mm. Two seconds and a third. Right. Or, um, you know. Look, they're, listen. Holmstrom and somebody. I mean, you know. I mean, pardon my language, but. They're they're very much in fuck the future mode right now. It seems to me like yeah, as far but as, I don't I don't even know what they have to give up 
to fuck the future anymore. Can the, can the future be <laughs> fucked more than it than it? And has, they're all in for now and the years been, ahead. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. it's we don't know where it all goes, but it, it, you look at what they they have remaining asset wise. You mentioned a couple of second rounds or whatever it is, but that's the thing. Like, if they're going to add anything else, they're just taking further and further away, and and kind of kicking that can of the rebuild. You know, I guess down the road a little bit. You know, acquiring players that are going to help now, but eventually they they're probably going to find themselves in a spot where yeah, they're going to hit a hard rebuild at some point. Maybe that's further into the future, but with with these lack of assets, it's going to happen. And I got a question for you for questions, Bruin. Before yeah. we go, I was thinking of this when Patrick was talking. If you're the Canucks, what are you rooting for? Are you rooting for that first round pick to slide because it you know it'll be thirteenth or higher if it's this year. Or would you rather uh, the Islanders uh, not do well, keep their pick? This, by the way, Islanders option to keep that pick mm-hmm. uh, and then take your chances and see what happens with the Islanders of 23-24? Well, from a purely numbers standpoint, you would say maybe you kind of hope that the, the pick slides to next year and they be even worse <laughs> the following year so the pick is higher. But the word is, is that this coming draft is a very deep draft. And there's a lot of players that can come out of, you know, the lower numbers where maybe even a 15 through 32 is still a player that can help you. So, I mean, without, you know, being in the mind of a Vancouver Canuck fan, you know, I'm not exactly sure. But um, what I'm hearing about this draft is that it's very deep. So maybe they want that pick. Yeah, their first choice would be I kind of made it either or, but their first choice maybe would be that this would be like the 14th pick right in this year's draft good ed what do you got oh, got it. first time chatter jack plays bass thanks hey, for the sub up, and the follow he asks what do you guys think about the possibility of acquiring tarasenko so that's a good example right yeah even if st louis is in cell mode and i don't know if they are yet you mm-hmm. think they might be i i <laughs> let's what are we talking about yeah. who do they Unless there's a scout in this case, by the way, this could happen. There could be a scout in in St. Louis who loves one of the or two of the guys that the Islanders took this past year, right? Like, you know, I, I couldn't tell you who, but you know, like it would have to. There would have to be some huge faith uh, on their scouting department side in certain guys, and then be okay with another early round pick, which wouldn't be a first. So I just I just don't know what that looks like. No, I'm with you, and we you know just to to kind of latch on to what we we're saying before, like yeah, bring in Tarasenko, <laughs> bring yeah, in that yeah, gun, yeah. yeah, let's do it. But what are you giving up? And and just understand that anything that they do give up is probably again just making that that hard rebuild down the road you know even tougher. Now look, the the, the point of all of this is to win a Stanley Cup. Do you win a cup. You can rebuild for as long as you yeah, want. There, that's that's there is, fine. There is no rebuild happening now for a long time. Correct. This, this cinches Correct. that. A hundred percent. Think about that. A hundred percent. Next one. Well, just to add to that, Trottier19 asked earlier, if the Isles can make another trade by the deadline, who should they target and for who? So if you were going to give up someone, well, what would you do? We kind of covered the for who already because we, we don't know, but we kind of have an idea of what it could or couldn't be. I don't think it's going to really be anybody from the, the current roster. I think Bo was well, the one guy. No, basically, he, I believe the question is who would you want them to get? <sighs> well, look. I would I want a puck-moving defenseman. Another puck-moving Oh, defenseman. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But I mean, he's there looked at the person who asked that question for him. I think it was Trache 19. Yes. He's like looking for a name like a Tarasenko. Like he a, did ask uh, Tarasenko. Okay. Yeah. Tarasenko's towards the top of my list. If you're looking at D, yeah, Chikrin's a nice name, but I don't think they have what 
what it takes to get him now unless you're really just getting rid of everything. But No, I think it's more of a ghost trade. Yeah, yeah, who I think is hurt now, so that's that's kind of a, a hard deal to make right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you get a guy who can move the puck a little bit back there. I mean, personally, I think they have a little more um, defensive issues back there that they need to shore up, so I wouldn't mind getting a guy that can help you know keep pucks out of the net as opposed to putting pucks in the net. Uh, I don't know what name that is off the top of my head, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they can to to solidify the run, to solidify going further than just making the playoffs. I wouldn't mind seeing a, another player added to the team, whether it is a defenseman or a forward. Yeah, the good news is Dobson skating looks like he might be playing soon. As yeah, if not as early as Monday, I don't think they've declared him definitely in. Mm-hmm. But he's back, so they've they're getting healthier. They added this little center named Bo Horvat to the lineup. They sure did. So they have a couple of weeks here. So whether it's Ghost or somebody else, they could take these next couple of weeks to then see where are we, what do we need, are we in the playoff race, are we now playing for something right. top three in the division? Right. Or, you know, like they have some, they've, they've got some time here. Yeah, maybe you wait a little longer to make the next deal mm-hmm. just to see where the chips fall on this because for all we know, a week from now, <laughs> we could talk about a rough week and, and whether it's even worth yeah. adding somebody else the at other, that point. Or the other way. A hundred percent. Even just a six-point week is going to make a big difference in these in the standings. Here. Yeah, no question about it. Add maybe one or two quick ones, and then we gotta we got to get the hell out of here. Because we get, like, all right, get, you get hit for overtime, right? If it gets past nine twenty, <laughs> Maybe, we'll I, see. I think so. <laughs> a quick one is uh, CGS878 asks, uh, what are the chances of Horvat overshadowing Barzal and becoming the team's number one superstar? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, what, what an awful <laughs> yeah, thing that I mean, would be. <laughs> and I know he didn't mean it chances? that way. Right, but, right. Uh, what are the chances? Would, Please. Would, would Matthew get over that? Right, <laughs> right. It's actually it's a fun question. It's a yeah, great yeah, question. Yeah. Matthew Brazel has his contract forever now too, right? So mm-hmm. so that's why I could laugh about it. Be a hell of a problem to have. Yeah, if we can argue over which one is the bigger star, please, I yeah. welcome it. Yeah, I think Brazel will be the the greatest star. I think that's like summer showers, <laughs> like because of the way he the plays his whole star. style. It'll actually be a you know a fun thing. Who do you like better? Right? Sure. You know, but these, if, we, if we should only be so lucky, yeah, Eddie, let's do one more. Very buddy. different. But ooh, he's in a rush. We'll end with, uh, with Mikey on the couch's question. Uh, he starts with a lot of people were actually upset with the moving of Rati. He goes on, Vancouver has a history of producing promising prospects such as Hughes, Horvat, Peterson, etc. Do you think this move will help his long-term development? Yeah, I think it's, I think this... Not because he's going at a Canucks and there's some sort of prospect development factory, but this is a good team for him. I hope he recognizes that. It's a good spot. When they bring him up, he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for him. And, and especially since Horvat signed uh, long-term, you, you root for Rod, right? Like, you know, yeah, and you're, Bo. You're, I, I hope Bo finds his yeah, game yeah, over you're, there. You're happy for them. I think I think it's only human nature uh, for some you know diehards to be like if Horvat wasn't signed and what's going to happen with these guys now that he's signed it's like good, good luck guys cheering for you you know I don't think there's any need for a rot two video when he comes <laughs> I back, don't think so which would probably be next year would be his debut I mean I think the videos have kind of gotten out of control I feel like when I was with the team um, kind of we I were asked, yeah. one of the first teams to try to be classy and do mm. nice things like that now like and, and the Rangers have taken it to a level where you see guys who've rolled through for a year and a half for getting one so now it's almost just become expected anytime a former player right. just about any term uh, comes back but no rot two 
I, I think he's going to be good. That's, it, it did kill me a little bit to see some people say they gave up nothing or he's nothing or he's, ne- you know, like, you know, okay, sure. I think that was the justifiers of the, of the deal, but then you have have the, no, you don't like, that's the thing. And everybody can win this deal in, in some way, shape or form. And just to kind of quickly opine on just kind of what the Islanders gave up in this situation. Now I, I liked Anthony Beauvillier as a player. Um, I hope he, I legitimately hope that he finds success in Vancouver, but he just got to the point where he wasn't going to find it here. It, It ran its course Every season, you, you see you know hints of it, some flashes, and you say, okay, this is the year that Bo breaks out. And he doesn't. And we'll always have that Game 6 goal. It'll be burned into our memories for, for giving us that Game 7 and, and uh, almost a taste of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. It was, it was a great moment, especially for younger Islander fans and, and you know, fans of a, of a younger generation. So I wish him the best over there, but I also, in a very practical sense, think that in some ways, because he, he wasn't figuring it out here, it was almost addition by subtraction in the sense that you unload that $4 million plus contract, you're able to fit in Bo Horvat here, who I think is overwhelmingly going to make a bigger difference than Anthony Bavillier did here. And I think what really hurts is is the first-round pick, of course. W- remains to be seen who that ends up being and what they end up being in Vancouver. And I do think that Ratu is going to be a guy that you know this fan base ultimately groans about. I think he's going to be a good player, a successful player in Vancouver. Now, whether that's a, a first-line center or a third-line center or whatever it is, we'll see how it pans out over there. But um, I think ultimately now with Bo Horvat signing this contract, this this is a win for the New York Islanders and something the fans should be excited about. To give you an idea, and I know you want to go, to give you an idea of how like it's just like the deal is done now, the eight-year deal. So now it's just for anyone, and you could expect anything, and change is good for people. Okay? We, Horvat's next three games, Monday Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, Tuesday, Seattle, Thursday, home to Vancouver. Anthony Beauvillier's next three games, Monday night, Jersey, Tuesday night, Garden, Thursday, UBS. After those three games, who's going to have more points, Anthony Beauvillier or Bo Horvat? Bo Horvat is going to have more points than Anthony Beauvillier. We'll revisit this off air, maybe via Twitter. You give me some odds. And, and by the way, I'm not saying <laughs> the point is the point, I'm, like try, predictions, the point Chris. I'm trying to make is that it's just, <laughs> it is, is like, don't, it, it's very, it's, it's possible that Beauvillier might get like five points. Yeah, he might put and up a hattie a, against the Isles on Thursday. And by the way, beat New Jersey. <laughs> Probably will. Beat New Jersey. Beat the Rangers. Right, 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 right. right. Um, and, and take your bow at the first TV timeout or whenever they do that video. <laughs> um, but just, you know, change is good for all. And uh, the Islanders needed it. They needed a shakeup. The same guys were coming back day after day. They needed a change here. Uh, it was getting stale, and they did the uh, best move I believe that they possibly could have with this move that they made this week, and then again today. Listen again. At the end of the day, it's exciting. We'll see how it all pans yeah. out. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Can't wait. And I think we can wrap it up there. So thanks for everybody for hanging out with us again. The questions and the questions brewing. So folks, with that in mind, big thanks to all you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, your favorite podcast providers later on. A huge, huge thanks to Patrick Johnson and Travis Green for joining us tonight. Two great spots from them. And of course, a huge thanks to our sponsors, starting with our presenting sponsor, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, flagship location at 718 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. You can check them out at 
bluelinedeli.com. Also, a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. Check them out at lostfarmerbrewing.com. Also, you might have seen on social media that we have announced another viewing party there at Lost Farmer. We hope you come down for Saturday, February 18th. They will be playing the Boston Bruins in Boston at 5 p.m. I'll be doing a pregame show with the great Tony Stabile, former co-host of Hockey Night in New York. So we hope you come down and hang out with us for that. Always a great time. And a big, big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Check them out at MainSTBoardGameCafe.com. And, of course, you can follow us all on social media. Chris, where can we follow you? Well, most importantly, I want to say thank you to Patrick Johnson and also to Travis Green and also the fans for joining us. Yes, no question about it. So, at Chris Botta NHL on Twitter. Yeah, we can go with that. (laughs) I'm not on on TikTok yet. You can follow (laughs) <laughs> Can't wait. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the TikTok. If you enjoy what we're doing here at Hockey Night New York, please rate, review, and subscribe at your favorite podcast providers on YouTube, on Twitch here for Chris Botta, for Ed, for Jay, yep. for myself, Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your night. We will see you next week.